Welcome back, folks. Feeling super fancy today. We're, we're doing a live podcast. Um, not only are we doing a live podcast, it's also a re-recorded podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because my fucking laptop got stolen in London last week mm. with the previous recording on it. But uh, it was only the lo- it was only the longest podcast we've done so far. That's right? all. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it didn't fill me full of seething hatred for the thief at all you know um but yeah so we're here um, we're gonna have a nice little chat about fad diets because i think that's a pretty common topic that comes up in january um but yeah so how are you today yeah it is the season for fad diets all right so that's why i wanted to record this podcast um it should have been out what last week you we said yeah, yeah. but uh in fairness before people start asking like dean why didn't you back it up i'm pretty sure you went like Almost immediately to the airport yeah, after we, the podcast. We recorded it and then, um, yeah, it was like within a couple of hours I was in London and then yeah. it was nicked. So. But now you have a nice spanking new MacBook Air and it's great, right? It's fucking sick, bro. So, yeah, yeah. yeah this podcast is not sponsored by Apple yet, but uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm in the flesh, as you can see. This is not like a hologram or... Photoshop. Maybe like Joe Rogan here, like you know, yeah. just like yeah, we've got the live set up, nice table, you know. Yeah, yeah um, mahogany. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm back from South Africa, quite obviously. Uh, hence why we're doing this in person. Um, I got back yesterday evening. Um, so yeah, I was there for what eight weeks. Uh, so it's a good time. Um, it's colder and darker here than sure it was is. there. So yeah, I left like thirty degree heat and sunshine and all that good stuff so yeah look i had to come back at some point so here we are and we can do in-person podcasts yeah, which yeah. is novel yeah it's it's, it's nice because i think like whenever you're doing them on zoom there's always that little bit of a delay and then especially if you have a little bit of lag and that's like fuck's sake yeah you can sound a bit choppy yeah and you yeah, won't exactly. notice until yeah. you listen back to it yeah a lot more fluid whenever it's in person. Yeah. Um, considering that it is January as well, we are do, we are coaching people. We are. We That's are. that is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, spend most of our time doing that. So, if anyone is is interested in coaching, uh, you know, you can reach out, talk to us about that. Um, we help people with a wide variety of issues. We help people with improving their body composition, improving their health. You know that facilitates many different things maybe you need help with IBS maybe you need help with PCOS maybe you need just to make sure that you're eating properly essentially so you can live a long and full life right mm-hmm. um, you could be an athlete looking to improve your performance uh, maybe you want to get the most out of your gym training if that's what you do if you're a marathon runner or a triathlete these are all types of people that we work with we also work with a lot of people with um, poor relationship with food maybe issues with binge eating anxiety around food and they want to have a sense of freedom around this so that they don't feel stressed essentially about the, the eating process which should be pretty normal that's how you people usually describe it. it's like i want to be able to eat normally yeah um and feel like i have a normal relationship with food and you, you have a lot of good testimonials and um, those types of clients at christmas as well that's yeah that's area as well like it's tricky yeah it's always a like it's quite good because i get a lot of people who sign up for this sort of stuff like a reasonable amount of time before Christmas and I think they have it in mind that I don't want to have another Christmas 
feeling like this yeah. with how my relationship with food is. Um, so we got time to put in some work and then we get to see, like it's a really good stress test, uh, the Christmas period. And then to get that kind of feedback on the other side is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's really, really, it's really just great, great to see for people. Cause like, these are good people struggling with this shit. We don't want that. Um, so the fact that we can make a difference and, and make it easier for them and they can just enjoy their Christmas and not feel like they've overdone it and then not feel like they have to jump out of one of these fad diets yeah. that we're going to talk about um, because they are just rife in January. Um, yeah. Because people are in this vulnerable position, um, potentially after Christmas, um, having overindulged and feeling like they need to change things. And then there's also just the, that is just the theme of January is all this new year new me crap um not that it's necessarily all crap but you know it's it depends where it comes from yeah so that's why uh why we wanted to talk about some of these fad diets uh, we may potentially do this as two parts uh, potentially even three parts depending on how it goes down and um, if people like it so uh the first diet we're going to talk about ketogenic diet talk about that or keto um as you know colloquially referred to so with each of these diets, so we're going to do, we're going to talk about keto, we're going to talk about shake slash juice diets, and we're going to talk about uh, vegan diets, right, in, yeah. this, in this fad context. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to go through, you know, what the diet is, um, what it essentially promises you, that's therein is where most of the problems are usually, um, and, you know, the, the reality of the diet, I suppose. So uh, I want people to have a good understanding of all those different features of the diet let's say um by the time we're done having this conversation so um i can kick us off mm -hmm. keto diet Please do. Uh, so ketogenic diet is quite popular right it's um it's quite linked to this like ancestral health scene as well where you're like trying to eat like your ancestors it's there's very much a low carb narrative within the keto space as well mm. um and like most of these diets uh like they can be put together properly and have some merit, right? In, in most cases, um, not in all cases. Some of them are just some are just terrible. Um, but keto is one that you know potentially could be well put together. So the features are the, how it's characterized is uh, very low carb. So you're probably looking at you know maybe fifty grams or less, maybe even thirty grams or less of net carbs per day. Um, you're looking at quite a high fat intake and a moderate protein intake. And this diet was originally designed for uh, children with epilepsy. Um, well, ep epilepsy that didn't respond well to other treatments. Okay, it seems to have good results in terms of preventing seizures, right? So that's, that's pretty cool. But how does this translate to then, you know, a diet that people essentially adapt for uh, health purposes? You know, so a lot of people, again, it's tied into this, this narrative that carbohydrates are somehow harmful and bad and that like sugar and, and carbs are the cause of all of our health woes and modern diseases like diabetes and heart disease um, and neurodegenerative diseases like that's that's very much the narrative so try and keep that in mind as I'm talking about this and as we're talking about this because um, this is where it's coming back it's where it's coming from so that's the basis for everything to do with the diet essentially the carbs are bad therefore if you go extremely low carb 
you save your health, you improve your body composition, you lose fat effortless, effortlessly. All this, these are the kind of things it promises. It promises you, you know, really nice energy levels all throughout the day, no slumps. Um, it promises you uh, like reduced risk of, say, certain cancers. It promises you reduced risk of potentially heart disease in some cases, which is it's almost opposite. Like that's almost opposite to the case uh, in reality. Um, you know, reduced risk of diabetes, reduced risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, so these kind of things is promising, um, essentially because in this narrative, carbohydrates are supposed to be harmful and bad. Yeah. Health. Yeah, which is not the case, right? I want to make that pretty clear. Um, that is not the case, and this is why we're talking about this in the fat context. Another part of the keto uh, diet and, and why it maybe sells so well is that when you do take out all those carbohydrates, you lose a lot of glycogen, you lose a lot of water weight that's tied to glycogen. Glycogen is just stored carbohydrates in, in the muscles and the liver, um, for anyone who's not aware of that. So that all, once you stop eating carbohydrates, your body will use those glycogen stores, and then once they're depleted, you've essentially lost some weight, right? And there's water stored with the, that glycogen as well. So you could lose you know, quite a few pounds in your first, let's say, week of a ketogenic diet, and that is that helps reinforce the narrative that first carbohydrates are bad because a person sees this, and if they're not well informed, they say, "Oh, look, I lost you know a couple of kilos this week, and um, when I took the carbs away, all right." Um, it's not fat. It's not fat tissue. It's not fat tissue. So once they eat a reasonable amount of carbohydrates again, they will probably put that weight back on. Okay, um, but they they get it stuck in their head then that oh. I had success with weight loss when I greatly reduced my carbohydrate intake, right? Um, but as you said, it's not fat tissue that they're losing. So that's obviously problematic because that gives people the wrong idea of what's actually important. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that if you're going to reduce, like if you are eating a normal diet, like that's rich in carbohydrates and you take all those away, you potentially create a significant calorie deficit, right? Yeah. Which is what's required for fat loss. Okay, make that pretty clear that any diet that works for fat loss is because it creates a calorie deficit that you can then stick to for you know weeks, potentially months, depending on how much weight you're trying to lose. Um, so if you're eating like a normal diet, eating like cereal and then you know sandwiches and then like pastas and rice dishes or whatever, and then you cut all that out, yeah, even if you're eating like more fat as a part of a ketogenic diet you're still potentially greatly reduce your carb intake, mm. right? So, or calorie intake, I should say, and your carb intake. Mm. So there's kind of a, a twofold uh, phenomenon there that can potentially cre create weight loss. And then if it does work for fat loss, like I said, it's creating a calorie deficit. It's not because you're burning body fat, mm. right? So that's a common, that's commonly talked about in this keto sphere that like, Oh, you just need to switch your body to burning fat, bro, and then you'll have no problem getting lean. Which is partially true because you are oxidizing more fat, right? Yeah. So, but what's the difference between fat oxidation and like what the, the real fat that people want actually? Yeah, you tell you, you tell us about that. Yeah, I've been talking yeah. for a long time. So it's like a, I think this is a really common misconception with the ketogenic diet because you you do when you eat more fat, you do burn more fat because logically, if you think of fat and carbs as like fuel sources for your body right because 
Yes, your body will use protein as a bit of an energy source, but really it doesn't unless in very extreme cases of starvation. Most of the time, your body is utilizing fat and carbohydrates as energy. So if you increase or make your diet mostly fat, it is obviously going to, your, your, your body in response to that is going to think, right, I'm going to burn this fat for energy because it's what you're putting in, right? It's the type of fuel you're putting into the, into the body at this stage, right? Um, so obviously you're going to be burning more fat. And this is kind of that thing where people like say, oh, well, when you eat carbs, it spikes insulin and it turns, switches off fat burning, which it does, but you're, you're actually missing the mark there. You're, you're getting mixed up with the fat that is actually being ingested and actually used up, or the fat that is in your, in your bloodstream, and it's actually going to be used and, and uh, processed to create ATP, which is your body's energy currency. Um, th there's a, there's a mix-up there between right fat tissue that's actually here on your belly and actual fat that has been utilised as energy. And, that, and that's a very big distinction because when it comes to the reduction of fat tissue in your body, at the end of the day, that comes down to what Brian just said, a calorie deficit, this balance of calories. Um, and if you are in fat burning mode, so you're eating a high fat diet and you're oxidizing more fat, you're burning more fat um, from dietary fat and also liberated um, fat uh, that may be coming from, from body fat. Um, but if you are doing that in the context of a calorie maintenance or calorie surplus, nothing happens with the fat tissue on your body. It stays the same or it increases in some cases. Um, and that's a very, very important distinction to, to make because that yes, the, the truth is there that it's right. You're 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 burning slash oxidizing more fat, but it's not resulting in the amount of fat mass on your body being reduced, right? So that's does that is that kind of making sense? Because I feel like this is where people get confused. Mm. It's like yeah, you are burning more fat, and I am burning fat, but it's like it's not the way you want it, you know. And no. there's, there's loads of there's um there's loads of uh, research and there's loads of like there's so many examples of people on incredibly high carbohydrate diets and they get shredded yeah you know, they get really lean like you know um which essentially just you know people that say that you know the insulin hypothesis say basically that it's it's all about you know putting yourself into fat burning mode and that's the only way that you can burn fat yeah but keeping insulin levels low that's that's it just it just it ties in face exactly yeah um yeah so if we use that it, in that example you said there, like if somebody's in a surplus of calories, let's say on a ketogenic diet, so they're consuming more calories than they need, even if it's from fat, you know, that fat just gets stored really easily. Yeah. Like fat, dietary fat is almost ready to be stored as it is, mm -hmm. where the same is not the case for carbohydrates or protein. Um, so it's easier to store body fat yeah, when you're eating more calories from fat, like if you're in a surplus, arguably. Whether that makes much of a difference in real terms, debatable. But um, just to make it pretty clear that eating more fat does not make it does not make you a, like a fat burning machine. Uh, is often talked about, um, and you know, and, it, and like I said, and like we said, if if the keto diet does work for you for fat loss and genuine fat loss, like aside from all the the water weight loss that we already talked about, so we'll say like you know, you're doing this for a month or two and you're losing body fat. Like, that's cool. That could be, you know, because you found something that you can find you adhere to mm. for long enough and that's supporting you in ticking that, you know, calorie deficit box. Uh, one maybe um, positive thing about a ketogenic diet is it can often be very satiating. 
Yeah. So the ketones that are produced um, when you're deriving most of your energy from dietary fat, uh, they can suppress appetite. Mm. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why it can so work. What, what's a ketone for anyone who doesn't know what a ketone is? Because like, you'll, you'll often hear people that be like, oh, supplemental ketones, like beta hydroxy. It's they yeah, they're derived from this beta oxidation that you mentioned earlier. So uh, it, ketones are to dietary fat uh, as glucose is to like dietary carbohydrates. So it's yeah. a, it's the final breakdown yeah. uh, molecule, I guess, of uh, fat uh, in this case, and then glucose would be the, the case for carbohydrates. And mm. um, so your body can use those as an energy source, which is, you know, part of the reason that people say the keto diet is good. It's like, oh, you can just run on ketones, you just run on fat, and then you know you keep your insulin low, and you're not having all these harmful effects of carbohydrates, blah blah blah. Um, but your body, your brain does need glucose, so your body will produce enough glucose to fuel the brain on a daily basis. Use protein for that, it'll use amino acid, it'll use dietary um, fats as well, and it'll make that happen. So, while people who are, say, pro low carb will say, Oh, carbohydrates are the only non essential macronutrient, like you don't need to get them necessarily, mm-hmm. but like uh, I think Patty used the first version of so I'll put this way, I quite like this. Like, or you could look at it that carbohydrates are so essential. That your body will make them, you know, no matter what. Yeah. It'll find a way to do that yeah. because it wants them. Your your internal machinery is actually it's actually you're created in such a way that even if you force your body into this position of, you know, you go zero carb, like you don't eat a single gram of carbohydrates, your body still makes them. Mm. Yeah. Alright, so what does that tell you? Yeah. Um but those those are some of the, the reasons that keto diet can work. Um think the where it becomes problematic is obviously the misleading science that's mm-hmm. that's tied up in there which is what we spent most of our time talking about up until now yeah. um but also it, it poses problems in terms of its sustainability so you know realistically how long can you go you know maybe yeah if you're just preparing all your own food yourself but like it excludes you from eating out in a lot of cases not everywhere but you know you probably can't rock up to a family event or something or go out with your friends and easily find a, a ketogenic friendly meal unless you know you're like Keto a restaurant or something like that yeah i mean we, <laughs> we don't think we have in this country anyway they might have them in the states keto restaurants i would say so, well you, there's a bulletproof coffee cafe yeah, yeah. in los angeles that yeah. i have visited so you can go in there and everything is stick of butter in your coffee like i got a i think i'm pretty sure i got like a nice salmon salad or something yeah it was pretty good like yeah. uh but yeah they're selling all the bulletproof coffees mm. and stuff yeah. actually we should talk about that as a fab diet at some yeah, point that's a good list. Um, yeah that's such a long list yeah. uh how much time you got guys but yeah i mean i mean in fairness like if you go out for certain meals I do find that it is the fat content that is higher generally. If I go out for meals, you know, I could reasonably keep it to lower carb potentially. But like, say, me and you went out for cheeseburgers earlier, mm-hmm. right? And fries. So we had cheeseburgers and fries. So if you're a person on a keto diet going for that, you're going to have to go and say, just give me the, the bacon patty and the cheese. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. 
and a cup of the oil that you would have otherwise fried the, the chips in, and I just drink that. <laughs> yeah, so look, the sustainability of it is not very good. It limits your food choices quite a lot. Um, not to say people don't do it and can't do it, and obviously there, there is quite a large community of people following this with some success, right? Um, and, you know, there's certain groups. Uh, is it Keto Gains? Is that the... Keto Body? Is that no, no, not Keto Body. I think it's Keto Gains. Yeah, I don't know him. So. It's Luis de Villa Senor or something. He, as far as I know, he's pretty level-headed about the whole... Mm. approach or i think he has like a decent community on like facebook or whatever yeah um so there are decent communities and you can put it together well but what a lot of people end up doing is just essentially eating like bacon and butter mm. and red meat and just being like really liberal with that because like, yeah it's on the diet so i can eat that no problem um and that can be problematic because that's not good for your cholesterol levels yeah. not good for your long-term heart health because you know you're not going to go eat like, you know, a lot of steak and butter um, and bacon and cheese today and then have a heart attack tomorrow. But this is something that's going to build up over years and years and years, depending on what age you are. Obviously, like if you're, if you're older, then it already has been building up potentially for years and years mm -hmm. and years. And you can do a lot to rectify that, yeah. which is good um, through proper nutritional or pharmaceutical approaches. But it's just kind of a reckless way to go about eating for health. Yeah. Unless you put it together well, excuse me, and um, you know you're eating lots of like oily fish, and you're eating maybe lots of nuts, and maybe lots of um, like olive oils and avocados and stuff. So like when I say a keto diet can be done properly, it can be done. Um, but it's most most people do it, and they just eat a rip of saturated fat. Yeah, and then that's just like right migrating into dodgy territory. Which is it's just not good for your long term health. Um, another issue with it is going to be in any sort of athletic performance. Um, it's not going to support your training performance very well um, because you have no carbohydrate available for training, and that's the main fuel source used in nearly every type of sporting activity or exercise modality. Um, so if you do a keto diet, you'll notice that your your training performance. You know, maybe not if you're doing like super low rep work um, in the gym, potentially, potentially, you know, if you're an endurance athlete, you might be able to get away with it. But you'll, in both cases, it'll be better. You'll still, yeah, you'll suffer otherwise, but like, it's not going to be terrible. Like, you know, I think an MMA athlete or a footballer on a keto diet is going to suffer a lot more yeah. than a powerlifter or maybe a marathon. Yeah, or a, bo a bodybuilder will suffer pretty bad. Yeah, but like, look, everybody's still going to suffer if you're doing any sporting activity. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like, you can get away with it more in some sports than others, but if you look at the best approach to any diet to support athletic performance, it's going to feature a lot of carbohydrates. Yeah. Right? In, in all cases, I would go so far as to say all cases. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the issues with it. Is there anything else you want to add? Mm, no, I like it. I suppose it's like with all these diets, you know, they're when you're restricting food groups to some degree, mm. it does not create a good environment for your relationship with food. Um, but I didn't just fart there, but I lost the boiler. I lost the boiler. Yeah, it's, it's oh, fucking going nuts sometimes there. Like, I mean, like, is this going to explode on me? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's. It's um, a lot of these diets just don't create a good relationship with food. How do you create a good relationship with food? Because you're cutting out, you know, in, if 
you're going keto, you're putting out bread, you're putting out pasta, you're putting out, you know, uh, as Brian said, like you can't put burger and chips, and then you start maybe develop these anxieties around food and everything like this. And you know, I think, as I said, we talked about long term health from a heart health perspective, but also long long term health from a psychological perspective. Keto and all of these diets, I think, any of these fad diets, that's kind of where they're really going to start to do damage. And this is kind of where people start to develop these patterns of sore feeding is because yeah. they engage in these fad diets and then they go off and then they go on and then they go off. Yeah, because, yeah, if you, you buy into this keto stuff and you decide carbs are really harmful, then you're going to give yourself a really hard time if you eat carbohydrates. Yeah. All right, and that will create a really poor relationship with, with food and carbohydrates and you become afraid of eating any carb-dense foods because yeah. you think you're really harming your health or your body composition by doing so. And when, it's, when that's categorically not true, that's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's mad. Like, you'll have clients sometimes that, that are really, you know, maybe not to do with keto, but like they've, they've been sold these... They've been sold these stories and these narratives that bread is bad, that sugar is terrible for you, that you know any carbohydrate-based food, terrible for your health. You're going to die if you eat carbs, basically. You're going to get super fat. Hmm. And then whenever me and you come in, we're like, no, actually, you can eat lots of carbs, and you can still lose fat, and you can still, like, in fact, if you're an athlete, we're going to be getting you to eat a right bit of carbs. Hmm. And then it's like, you say this, and then it's like, wow, this is amazing. It's like you sort of... It's like showing a caveman fire, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, this is amazing, like you know. Um, but yeah, like, no, I think would would there be any like you said? Um, well, I suppose you, you mentioned that it's good for it can be good for epilepsy to some degree, but that's obviously where it'd be it'd be formulated with a dietitian or with a group, uh, multidisciplinary approach, physicians, dietitians, etc., to help manage the epilepsy. But I suppose. It, we have been sort of, we've not been singing its praises otherwise um, than that, but I think there are going to be a certain group of people that are going to do keto and they're going to say, I feel fantastic on this and I feel like I have loads of mental clarity. Um, I, whenever I do decide to go out for a meal, I, it's no big deal. I just go off the whole keto, ketogenic thing and I'm not sort of married to the approach and you know, I'm happy enough to take the performance detriments you know, they're, they're sort of, they have this balanced approach to it and they feel like they perform either mentally um, or even physically, um, depending on, on, on their sport or whatever, if they personally feel like the ketogenic diet suits them, then more power to them. As long as they sort of, they're happy to sort of set it up in such a way again, by not having too much saturated fat, getting the, the different types of unsaturated fats, like the olive oils, the, the avocados, the nuts, etc. And, you know, Whenever they do go out for a meal, they sort of were like, right, okay, I'm just going to have this pasta. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Tomorrow I'm just going to go back on my normal ketogenic state of eating. That's fine. You know, but I think, it's, I think it's where people sort of get led down this path where it's like, this is going to change your life this day. Mm. You are going to be, you're going to be in the religion of ketosis um, after, after we're done with you. Carbs are the devil. Never eat carbs. You know, and then they're sort of sold these false beliefs and that's kind of where the damage is you know um but i'm not saying like keto is probably you know out of all the fad diets there are some there are, there are at least some redeemable factors mm. to it um but just for the for the common for the average joe like me and you i think it's, it's just not a good idea honestly 
No, no, it's it's yeah. definitely not for most people. Um, and like you said, there it can be done properly. Um, and just the, the main problem with most of these fad diets is that just how you're sold on how they work. Like you know the <laughs> the the religious text and the accompanying mm. material and what they tell you about the keto diet. That's where it's most problematic. I think. Mm. Yeah. So. Next diet we're going to talk about, guys, is shake and juice diets. Um, so these are kind of way <laughs> juice diets. Like definitely way worse than keto. <laughs> way worse. Um, so juice diets, kind of like I'm sure you've all seen them. Um, juice Plus uh, is kind of like a company that sort of sells supplements, but they also encourage you to do this juice diet. Basically, it's um, where for a week or ten days you are consuming just these fruit juices from or fruit or vegetable juices and the whole idea is this process of consuming these juices and not consuming anything else really detoxifies your body and helps you lose weight right um now this is actually a little bit nonsense because your body is well able to do this unless you have some sort of uh, underlying medical condition with um, that's that stops your body from actually being able to remove waste products from it and um, so you've had issues with your liver or your kidneys something like that but otherwise, perfectly able to do it by itself. So you don't need the assistance of a supplement or a juice diet. Um, and even if you did, I don't think that would be the way you'd do it anyway. It's, you'd, you'd actually be using um, you'd, you'd be using medicines or some or some other uh, medical term. I must ask Gary about this. Probably didn't have Gary here to fucking uh, to back us up on this one. But, um, yeah, you do you do not need um, to do this diet to detoxify your body. Perfectly able to do it by itself. Then the problem with it is um, you're doing this diet for, for seven to ten days and you're having nothing but the fruit juice or the vegetable juice. This diet is extremely low in calories. It's got really no macronutrients in it apart from the, the carbohydrates from, from, the, from the, the juices. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're massively restricting yourself from a micronutrient perspective as well. So it's really just massively deficient in nutrients overall, right? Um, and it's another case of in the same way of keto that People do it and they lose a shitload of weight because it's like you're not really eating anything. You're, you know, you're literally just consuming really low calorie juices and stuff like that. And probably people are kind of like, this is amazing. You know, for the first three or four days, it's like I'm losing all this weight. Maybe they don't feel too bad because sometimes what you'll notice, say if you do a fast, you'll get an increase in catecholamine production in the body and that mm-hmm. sort of gives you this, you know, you might feel like, Jesus, I've actually got a right bit of energy here, like, you know, but that quickly goes away. So it does. Yeah, that's you. It's your body giving you stress hormones to help you seek food and procure it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's like, fuck, we're not getting nutrition, so yeah. I'm going to give you a big whack of catecholamines so yeah. you can go and hunt or gather something yeah. uh, that we can eat and, yeah. and put a stop to this. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's actually a very good point, that a whole increased energy, increased mental clarity that potentially comes with some of these diets mm. could be just stress. Yeah, like, and then bang, crash, like, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's just, it's like, even the whole, the, the concept of the detoxification, right, that's, that's a load of nonsense, but like you're essentially making yourself miserable for seven to 10 days for however long you're doing these diets. Some people try and do them for an extended period of time. Um, and, you know, it's, you're just damaging your health, you're, you're damaging your relationship with food because you know, you're sort of creating this belief that, well, you know, I go and I eat loads of junk food and I drink a lot of alcohol and the only way for me to 
counteract that is to do this mad diet. And this is kind of how people get into these yo-yos. So we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about yo-yo dieting there with regards to the keto diet and people going on and off those, uh, you know, on diets, off diets. But at least with keto, some people kind of get entrenched within their keto religion and they at least stick to it rather than juice diet, back to normal eating, you know, a lot of highly processed food and alcohol and stuff like that, then back on another juice diet, then maybe on a shake that, you know, and it's just like, and people do this for years and then, you know, they just develop this terrible relationship with food, as we've said, um, and they're just in this horrible place where they, they feel trapped and they feel like, you know, it's a, it's a constant battle with them mm. and food. You know, and then they come work with us and, and sort that out. Yeah. So, even though you know we're getting business this way, I still don't want people to do that shit. I'd rather they just rather they just hired us instead of going on all these fads and said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this like once. I'm gonna do it right." Um, but that's very very rarely the case. Yeah. Uh, you get the odd kind of person who does come across as in that context, and that's fantastic. But for the most part, our clientele are people who have tried a lot of different diets in the past yeah. and never had any lasting success, and yeah. maybe they have this damaged relationship with food now. Um, and yeah, it's great to help them out of that quagmire, but I'd, rather, I'd sooner see people not end up there yeah. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you're essentially, as you said, you're, you're almost great. Like I'm t- I talked about like a narrative with keto where carbs are bad. You're almost talking about like a narrative where you know, eating and living my normal life is bad. Solid food in general is terrible. But <laughs> I, I have this weight loss success when I do these liquid juice diets. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it's like, if you're just going to keep flip-flopping between extreme end to extreme end and never actually try and make some lasting change with your normal diet when you're not doing the juice cleanse, then you're not going to get anywhere uh, long-term. You're just not because you're not, you're not changing any habits at any point. You're just eating your normal, not so great diet, maybe lots of processed stuff and alcohol, as you said, and then you're just doing your cleanses and where is that going to lead you? Mm. Nowhere good. Yeah, Yeah, sure. And then with the shake diets, like the shake diets are definitely, um, they're better because they actually do provide the macronutrients. You know, typically it's meal replacement shakes that do have, you know, added uh, vitamins and minerals, uh, protein, fat, carbs. So they're going to be better than the juices, the juice diet, sorry, um, absolutely, but still not, not a long-term solution. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's just creating this sense that, you know, you need to go and do this very extreme thing, potentially to offset poor eating habits or whatever it may be, because it's like, you're, you're trying to be compensatory, mm. in a sense, um, whereas when it comes to long-term sustainable change to your health and to your body composition and to your relationship with food, you know, you need to be as inclusive as possible. And um, these extreme approaches don't work. Like they, they just don't work. Now, one corollary to that is shake diets in certain medical slash clinical settings like diabetes and obesity with proper medical support from dietitian doctor. And um, same thing with keto, as we said, does have some utility. But in the context, I think we're pretty much certainly talking about the general population here. Um, they just don't work, you know. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not saying like, if you eat a normal diet and you want to have a meal replacement shake or you want to have fruit juice or, or vegetable mm-hmm. juice as part of a normal diet, that's absolutely fine. It's not, again, it's not these, it's not these 
supplements or these foods or these shakes or these juices or whatever it is in isolation that's bad it's within the context of everything else and what where your mindset is going into them and what you feel like you need to do um, as I say in compensation for maybe a, a, an otherwise poor body diet like, these are all things that you can like absolutely do like even with ketogenic diet just going back on it you could do two or three low, very low carb days a week and that would be a perfectly healthy thing to do if, if you find that to be a good way of managing your calories but mm. you know it's it, the context is really key here like you know if you find yourself in this position where you're constantly going on these mad extreme juice diets shake diets whatever it is and it's on off on off that's where problems occur um, and that's kind of where you need to be very very wary because it's this time of year you're probably going to be served a lot of ads mm. all this kind of stuff um, usually the people that are reporting these like diets in general but especially like the juice diets and stuff like that they're usually trying to sell you something whether it be a supplement or a book or you know some sort of coaching package or whatever um, which again in isolation is fine because we sell coaching there's some books out there that are great there's some supplements out there that's great but it's where is it coming from? Where is this, where is actually the, the underlying, what's the actual underlying mechanism behind all this, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's where you need to be careful, you know? Yeah. Like, I would have absolutely no problem with somebody who just wanted to make a very easy change to their diet to support fat loss, and they say swap one meal, one of their normal meals, for, like, one of these meal pricing shakes and a bit of fruit or something. Yeah. That would be a really easy um, change to make if you wanted to see some like nicely sustainable fat loss. Yeah. Um, because if you do that, you're going to take a big chunk of calories out, um, but you're still going to consume protein, consume some fiber, which uh, I didn't mention, but like yeah, fiber intakes in a keto diet are going to be quite low. Unless, unless someone is very clued in to how to manage this diet, it's going to be very low. Not good necessarily for long-term health. Right? Fiber has a lot of benefits to it uh, aside from keeping you full and then also with these juice cleanses specifically not the shake diets because they'll be as you said rich in all the macronutrients generally but uh, in juice diets you're not going to consume any protein yeah all right so you or fat. you have potential to just lose you lose a lot of, you could lose muscle mass depending how long you, you go on this for it depends if someone's exercising but like Man, if you're eating like a few hundred calories worth of juice a day, you're not going to have much energy to train um, or make any progress. And like, that's the other thing about it. It's like you essentially want, you want to put like your life on hold for a couple of weeks every however yeah. often just so you can do this fucking miserable juice cleanse. Like if, if, we, if you or I are going to go, we're going to go and do that. Like that would be no basketball, no jiu-jitsu, no weight training essentially for me. No jiu-jitsu, no weight training for you. Um, absolutely no socializing yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine like we went. To, Brian said we went for the burger chips earlier, and I was like, Brian, Brian, I can't make this. Just gonna have me juice. Yeah, I just got, I got a bottle of tomato juice in my pocket. <laughs> a lot of these juices are quite <laughs> expensive as well. Yeah. These cleanse packages, man, they're not cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like for what you're getting, for essentially getting like very little nutrition. Yeah. Um, and very low calories. I always find this so ironic that like. You can pay so much more money for these lower calorie options, yeah. or in this case, it's a fucking juice cleanse. <laughs> um, yeah, I always find that pretty funny that that's pay more for less in yeah. a lot of cases. Yeah. Like, a good example would be the calorie-free sauces and syrups mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, yeah. they're quite expensive. Yeah. 
but they're, they're right. giving you no... There's nothing in them. Yeah, yeah you're getting no nutri nutrients from them. Um, I always found that quite funny. Um, so yeah, the, like you said, the meal, like the shakes slash meal replacements potentially have a place. And like you, you said... You, you have had the Huel, have I seen you eat the Huel stuff? Yeah, what? they had Huel um, in the airport actually. Yeah. When I was on my way down to South Africa. God, what was your rating on uh, well, so I got one of their drinks and I got one of their bars. Um, the drink was fine. Um, I think the protein that they use was pea protein. Um, and it's got like all, like it's, it is a complete food source. It's got all the micronutrients in it and it's got all the macronutrients in it. And it's even got some fiber in it. So, you know, on, on the face of it, yeah, that, it definitely served the purpose that I wanted it to serve in that context from transiting through the airport. Um, and I think I picked it up to have on the flight or something, mm. um, you know, because the airplane food is not, you know, it's, it's at least in the flights that I was on, decent, mm. but it's definitely not like you're not hitting your targets yeah. for nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on that note, like I was flying with Qatar Airways, which are a very, very good airline, um, and they give you the option to uh, order special meals, so they have like. I don't know if I was telling you this. Maybe it was. Yeah, you can order a diabetic meal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cheeky enough. So that's what I use. <laughs> that's what I usually go for because they have like ten or fifteen different options, like a literal ten or fifteen different yeah, options yeah. Uh, aside from like the standard meals that they're going to sell or not sell but uh, serve you. Um, but I usually go for the diabetic one because it's generally pretty healthy, you know, because it's low in saturated fat. It's low in uh, like sugar um, you know refined sugar mm. um, and it tends to be like decent for protein so mm. yeah that's that's usually pretty pretty healthy pretty right? yeah not that the other meals are unhealthy but it's just a little bit better mm. um, so yeah the heel shakes are essentially for people who don't mind not eating actual food and tasting it which I know those people do exist as, yeah, yeah. as hard as it is for us to comprehend as foodies we're kind of like well, what do you mean you don't like food no, but genuinely, some people yeah. just aren't that bothered yeah, by, yeah, exactly. by it's food. It's just not one. It's just not a part. Of, like I have, I have a few mates that are just like, nah. Like if I could just go through life, like if I could live without having to actually eat three times a day, I would. Wouldn't bother me. Mm. You know, which is which is nuts to me, like because I love food so much. But then it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Anything else on these shakes and juices? Mm. Just don't do them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, let's just say why they actually work. You've already alluded to it, basically, yeah. that if the calories are super low, yeah, yeah you're going to lose body fat. Yeah. Um, but you could do that without having to go on an extreme you, you juice that cleanse. eating anything you want, really. Yeah, yeah literally anything you want. you just know the calorie value and you're, you're in that calorie deficit by either virtue of restricting calories and or increasing your energy output through exercise or mm. steps or whatever it is. You know, um, well... A juice cleanse is going to be only carbohydrates. The amount is still going to be so low. They're still going to burn through yeah. glycogen. And yeah. Maybe. Well, you're going to lose the water away from the glycogen as well. Yeah. And then the lack of fiber is going to drop weight too. Yeah. From um, bowel contents. If, you're, if your diet was high in fiber before, if it wasn't, then it probably won't make much difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's why it works. And you don't have to. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm. Um, yeah. So lastly, we're going to move on to talk about vegan diets, mm -hmm. right? Um, so do you want to start us off on 
vegan diets in this fad context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I suppose like veganuary is Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually don't think, obviously this is our second go at this podcast, um, but I don't, I don't think I mentioned veganuary in, in, mm -hmm. um, in that one. So no. um, sometimes it's good maybe to get a second round of these because you get to articulate your thoughts a little bit better. But yeah, veganuary is the thing people do because um, it's like, you know, January fad day, etc. So obviously vegan diets, and not eating any animal products, um, and this, that includes honey. A lot of people don't realise that, but vegans can't eat honey either. Um, people, some people think that, that they can. Like I think a lot of people go on vegan diets and then they realise after like six months, it's like, oh, I've been eating five things with animal, <laughs> animal products, and it's like, fun. Mm. But um, yeah, like it's there's two things with vegan diets that I want to say before we can go into why we don't recommend it within this context is it can be set up properly absolutely 100% can be set up properly we work with vegan clients and they yeah. do very well in sporting Achilles fat loss etc and they're very healthy and they set up properly and also the ethical considerations I can absolutely get behind like I have actually reduced the amount of meat that I consume um, unless I'm at home because whenever I'm at home and you know the other meat has been cooked for me so it's like I just tend to eat more meat and um, whereas like whenever I'm up, I'm up here and I'm by myself and um, I just tend to not eat as much meat, um, and that's just you know a choice. Like, um, so I can absolutely get behind the the ethical and moral implications of the vegan diet. But I think it's kind of again in this context of people are doing it because they they think or they read an article, watched a documentary, heard that it's way healthier for you than the most common diet. You're going to lose weight, and um, you know people are people are doing it in the context of. The fat diets that we've been that we've already discussed in that context, right? Um, and I think if you don't set it up properly, which most people don't, mm. um, you end up with deficiencies, right? So particularly we're talking about things like protein here. So obviously, if you're not eating any animal products, no chicken, no beef, um, no eggs, no dairy, those are like you know when, when we make recommendations for protein, those are the ones that come up first. Number one because very easy way to get protein in, mm -hmm. um, very efficient way to get protein in in terms of uh, per gram or per calorie, um, you're getting a lot of protein in those animal-based products. And then also the quality of them as well, mm -hmm. you know, so you're getting all the amino acids um, necessary for growth and repair and all the different types, crazy amounts of different processes that is involved in your body with regards to protein slash amino acids. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be getting nearly everything you need from those animal-based uh, animal um, foods um, and animal protein, basically. So that's the first one. People usually don't mix their proteins um, so that they're getting all these amino acids. They're usually just you know eating very low-protein meals or you know just meals with not a lot of the, as I say, the full complete amino acid profile necessary. And another thing is because you're not eating animal products, it's going to be hard to get vitamin B12 in your diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other things like iron and zinc, which is going to be high in, in things like uh, beef and fish. Um, and then other little random ones as well, like potentially calcium, magnesium, um, and iodine. So essentially deficiencies become a bit of an issue there if you don't set them up properly. Now, with the help of a nutritionist, you can sort of do an audit on your diet and say, right, where, is your, where, are you, where are you losing out? And then you can fix these. You, know, you can supplement with B12. You can start yeah. mixing your protein sources. Um, and that's kind of where, because people will watch something like the Game Changer documentary and be like, 
you know, they so first of all they throw the ethical card at you, which is fair enough, like right. We're not going to talk about that. It's not really. Um, we're not going to sit. Not nutrition related, no. Yeah, we're not going to sit and talk about that today. Um, but then they'll also sort of start to throw these factoids at you about being dead and being healthier for you. I'm just thinking of the, the beetroot burgers and the erections <laughs> in the game. <laughs> so, as a factoid, like, you can get your dick much harder <laughs> if you eat vegan. So. And it also turns red. Like, yeah, I mean, that, that, that Game Changers doc is just, there's so much misinformation in it. Liam Norton has a great gasp. If you guys, if you like, like, oh, it's two or three years ago now since it was out. Um, yeah. But if anyone's listening to this and they like, they haven't, they still sort of think about some of the things that was said in that documentary, go on Liam Norton's, just Google Liam Norton Game Changers debunked. Yeah, he has an article and a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, but of all the diets we're talking about today, like, I would be most happy for people to go on a vegan diet, like, without, oh, yeah. without any debate. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if I was going to go on a diet, I would probably choose a vegan diet as well, out of yeah. the three that we're talking about here. Yeah, 100%. Like, I like, would trust myself. Yeah, I mean, you're going to perform better on a vegan diet with the carbohydrate content. So, um, while I do enjoy animal foods quite a lot um, I think it'd be better overall than going for keto mm. um, so yeah it can be set up well but then it's like as you said it becomes a fad when like why is veganuary even a thing like what's the what's the point like why are people being sold on the, the idea that I'm going to change my health and my maybe performance and maybe my body composition and the thing I need to change is going vegan why is that a narrative so that's the problem um with this sort of stuff and i want to make a point that uh stands for all the well not not really the shake well definitely not the juice diets probably not the shake diets but potentially keto or, or veganism here like if you are going coming from a place of eating quite a poor diet and you make these changes and now your diet is better than it used to be, then yes, you will probably see some improvements in terms of how you feel, how you perform, how you look, all that stuff, potentially. But that's just because you've moved from worse diet to better diet, all right? It's not making it special, the fact that you've stopped eating carbohydrates. It's not making it special, the fact that you have stopped eating animal products. That's not what's making the difference. It's, it's you going from, you know, poorly put together eating habits to potentially better eating habits because you know most of these diets when they're promoted as a fad like they don't allow for any quote-unquote bad food like any processed stuff or anything like that so and um, but i mean you can absolutely you can have a terrible quality vegan diet oh, as, yeah. as well as you can have most like biscuits are um, vegan i'm pretty sure like oreos mm. and all that like so yeah you know a lot of crisps are going to be um i know i've definitely talked to clients uh who you know they they started off on a vegan diet without much information and you know they're just end up eating like pasta and sauce and you know and that's it so it's like there's not much nutrition in pasta and like a sauce sounds like me in college (laughs) pasta and sauce i hate it um (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
But if there is a dish for that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'll give Matty Glasser, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm the, I'm the actual original creator of that last day. I was just like drunk one night in college, I was just like throw it all in the one pot. And then I just ate something. Like, should I, I should have put a patent on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we are. I've never eaten your dish, Dean. I don't intend. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you've, explained, you've explained all the issues with, potential issues with vegan diets. Like, yeah, definitely it's the easiest one to do well if you have the right guidance and you know what you're doing. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's the place where all these fad diets are coming from that tends to be the problem. So, you know, you are not, in most cases, you are not changing your life because you stop eating animal products, mm-hmm. right? And that's what, they'll, that's what they'll try and sell you. That's what they'll try and say. Like, yeah, you just have to, you, if you... If you you know if you stop eating animal products, that is the key to unlock mm. your best self yeah. in terms of health, performance, happiness, so on and so forth. And that's that's the narrative for all these fads, really. And this is why this is the main reason I think we take issue with them mm. that it can be well damaging to people's health mm. and you know physically, physically and psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're just being lied to. Yeah. That's I think where we have the biggest issue with this. Yeah. So like we've said several times. We have vegan clients, we'll continue to have vegan clients, we'll help them put together the best vegan diet that they can have, um, but we're not saying that they're changing their lives because they're not eating animal products. They could be changing their lives because they're eating more vegetables, more fruit, mm-hmm. more pulses, more fiber, yeah. and eating a less refined, less saturated fat in, in involved diet. Right? They could be doing it from that point of view, yeah. but it's not because they're just excluding animal products. Mm-hmm. So that's the main point to get for all of these things. It's not, yeah, just be careful about why, you know, the reasons that you're being told that this diet is so good. Mm. That's, that's probably one of the main messages we need to get out for this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, like I suppose that, you know, one more thing before we wrap up with vegan diets is they can sometimes um, act as a bit of a scapegoat for disordered eating patterns. Mm. You know, there is research out there that suggests that people on vegan and vegetarian diets are more susceptible to eating disorders and, you know, to propagate this disordered eating type behaviours because it can be sort of this, uh, this uh, veil of, oh, it's for ethical reasons or, no, it's because I know that it's healthier than, you know, but in mm. reality it's like it can be propagating some of these patterns of disordered eating as well, like, you know. But, again, it's not to say that if you don't want a vegan diet because you, you, you know, if you want, you're the type of person that just you want to do it for ethical reasons, you can still do it healthily from a psychological perspective. You can mm-hmm. still have good um, relationship with food. You can still do it to optimize athletic performance and body composition. And you can still do it to optimize your health without having any deficiencies. Yeah. But if you are listening to this, um, that is you, and you want to fucking, you need that assistance, I think you should probably come to us. You know, yeah, sure. So. Yeah. You, know, um, you want to make sure you're doing it right. Like, yeah. there's a lot of. I mean, we'll. Did we do, no, we didn't do a vegan podcast case study yet. But I'm sure we will. Yeah, we all did. Um, we, we did vegetarian one, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lacto. 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 Or no, maybe it was just lacto. Yeah, it's a female runner case study with Amen Maria. I think there's a vegetarian con. There is, yeah. We haven't done full vegan, but we will do it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, the, men- the mental health piece in the, the vegan space is interesting because, like, 
yeah, a lot of these fad diets can just help mask disordered eating behaviors or eating disorders. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have an eating disorder. I'm just, I'm just following my diet because it's what's best for me um, that I've found. But I mean, orthorexia is an eating disorder, you know, so that is uh, essentially fear of eating foods that aren't considered like super healthy, nutritious, quote unquote, clean. Um, so that is, that is an eating disorder. Um, and you know, a lot of our, a lot of our clients that we talked about earlier, like would have orthorexic tendencies because they're afraid of all these certain foods because they've been miseducated basically. Um, and then have maybe had a lived experience where they've had success and then that reinforces it, like I said already. Um, but in terms of veganism, like you're potentially missing a lot of nutrients that are important for mental health if you're not replacing them. So things like iron and things like uh, B12, like they're, they're and, and uh, yeah, marine, marine omega-3s, um, they're super important. Uh, you know, there's, I've, I've done a lot of reading on this because not so long ago I had a very long debate with <laughs> a vegan guy who started leaving, um, passionate, let's say comments yeah. on one of my videos. Yeah. Um, so we had like a discussion that went on for probably a couple of weeks going back and forth, like really extensive I you really, your eyes at one stage, didn't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. We had, a, we had a physical altercation in my front, in my front yard. Yeah. No, no, I gave him a, I gave him a cup of tea. Uh, I put cow's milk in it. I told him it was okay. <laughs> I don't need to sweeten it. Um, he just melted. He just disintegrated. Like, yeah. <laughs> but in fairness, like, uh, I did change my, my perspective on it a little bit after having that discussion and like doing it like a serious amount of reading, like a lot of papers, man. Um, and you know that the, the reading with the mental health aspect came up in that too and uh, you know there's, there is some debate as to whether or not people just self-select into those and that sort of, into that sort of diet yeah. um, like we already said to like kind of disguise disordered eating behavior or or if they have mental health issues um, they're looking for Sorry, Siri is um, acting the book there so they may self-select into these uh, diets to have, like, to try and help their mental health. Like, if they haven't had much success elsewhere, they might hear that, oh, vegan diet is really good, or keto diet is really good for mental health, and they might try that out. Um, uh, and yeah, and then like, like, uh, I think about two thirds of vegans are also women. So, and women have a much higher degree of disordered eating and eating disorder behavior. Um, at least based on the statistics that we have. Mm. Um, so there's a f few reasons for that, but that's not really relevant to this discussion. Mm. So we can leave that there. Um, anything else on, in terms of the vegan diet? No, I think that's, you know, in summary, you can absolutely be done correctly to support performance, body composition, good relationship with food. But if you're not sure, and, you know, maybe you've been sold some of these false narratives, but you still want to continue the diet, you need help, I would advise getting some professional assistance with that. Um, and I think that's a good probably segue yeah. into, into, into the closing couple of points. As it is January, um, with coaching spots available, um, I think at least maybe for the next two weeks, Brian, do we have that promotion on? Promotion, yeah, there is a promotion, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, but as I was saying in my story the other day, you're probably not going to get coaching at this good of a price 
Yeah. Not ever. Probably never again. Not with us. Not with us anyway. Like, no. You know? um, so if you are interested, as Brian said at the very start of the podcast, in getting coaching with us, go to www.triagemethod.com slash coaching or slash nutrition hyphen coaching. If you just want to go and work with me and Brian, because that's our end of things. We, we focus on the nutrition. Um, whereas the other coaches focus on nutrition and training. So you might, you might want that as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, have a look at our testimonials. Have a look at our process of um, coaching. Have a look at the application form. Fill it out. Maybe something that you're interested in. Get on a call with Brian. He'll have a nice little chat with you for 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, we'll see if, we're, see if you're a good fit for the uh, for the service. And, and vice versa. And, and vice versa. And if we can help you, fantastic. If we can't, we'll quite happily refer you over to somebody that may be a little bit more suitable. Um, but yeah, as we say, like you know, we, we, we help with all of the different goals that Brian uh, mentioned. But again, like specifically, if you're in this sort of uh, in this uh, sphere of fad diets, you know, you, you yo-yo dieting and you're, you know, you're constantly on and off dieting, you're trying to get a better relationship with food, you're trying to finally set your diet up in a way that is flexible, sustainable, enjoyable, improve body composition or performance, that's kind of our speciality. Yeah. Like developing diets that are really encompass health overall, you know, in, in many different spheres. And you know, many different goals, and that's kind of our yeah, and give you the skills to manage this stuff forever. So you un- you understand yeah. why you're doing certain things and why you're doing this. Not you know again in the context of what we're talking about today. It's not because you could have found the products that you're suddenly leaner or fitter or healthier, whatever the case may be. Um, you understand why it is, so that you know by the time we're done with you, you don't need any more yeah. nutritionists in your life if you don't want them. Um, that's a big. That's an important part of the process for us uh, mm-hmm. to make sure people are you know have that degree of self-efficacy that they can go and manage this stuff themselves um so yeah we can we can see uh if you're a good fit mm-hmm. and if we're a good fit for you yeah. and uh yeah if anyone wants to know more about that get in touch you can send us a dm on social media as well or go to any of those links that uh, that dean mentioned yeah. um and then we can yeah I'll have a chat with you um, to figure all that stuff out. And that's about it. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll wrap up there, guys. Um, unless you've got anything else to add, right? Happy enough? No, that's it. Thanks for listening yeah. uh, watching if anyone's going to watch this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Awesome. So we'll uh, probably do a couple more parts in this. There's so many bad days to do. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you as always for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next one.